right, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Co-OpCast. This is Mike, but instead of being joined by Peter, I have Steve. So this is a another another mix and match of the, the podcast hosts coming together. And I think, Steve, wasn't it you and I last time as well? That's right. I and guess. So we we got to get Colin and Peter together, take some of the load. If my voice sounds like trash, it's because it is. I've had a cold for about three days, so I'm doing my best, and we'll see if I hack up a lung by the end of this. But uh, today we're going to be talking a bit about origins, but our big thing, and this is exciting, is that Steve and I are going to be debating the better dungeon crawl, Gloomhaven or Sword and Sorcery. We have nine criteria that we'll be kind of discussing and talking through, so it should be a good, exciting time. And uh, just to note, we've been mentioning this, but we have started a Slack channel now. So if you would like to be invited, feel free to uh, contact Colin at One Stop Co-op Shop or uh, send uh, us a message uh, at MVP Board Games on Twitter or send an email to MVP, MVP Board Games at gmail.com and uh, just let us know you'd like to be included and we can uh, get you in there. I'll also I put uh, the link to the invite in the description of this podcast. I see. You made it all easy. And <laughs> then uh, also this episode should be coming out uh, in advance of this. So we're doing a – we're still doing this, right, Steve? The the YouTube? Oh, yes. We're doing the live Q&A YouTube uh, chat. So that's scheduled to be June 19th at uh, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. And so, it, unfortunately, uh, Peter is not going to be able to make it uh, due to a work conflict, but the, the rest of the three of us, Colin, Mike, and myself, will be on um, live in full color on the One Stop Co-op Shop channel. Yeah, we'll, you'll see the most handsome members of the podcast. You know, Peter, <laughs> ah, who needs him? <laughs> so, yeah, please uh, join us on the Slack. Send us your comments. Uh, we've gotten a few requests for game reviews recently, so we'll definitely be hitting those in the in the upcoming weeks. And uh, please come and chat with us and ask us questions and talk about whatever you like in the uh, YouTube on Tuesday night. 9.30, you said, Eastern Time? That's correct. Awesome. Okay, uh, so Steve, what have you been playing recently, just to kind of check in before we get to our main events? So I haven't played a whole lot between our last podcast and this one. Um, I did play one older game and unfortunately this is not cooperative but i'll mention just briefly here um i played uh android which oh sure you mean yeah the, uh, was... the like narrative competitive one where you're trying to solve a murder right exactly yeah i was quite surprised at this i was not expecting to be as much of a heavier euro i don't want to say it's a heavy euro but on, on the heavier euro side to uh, something that was like dripping with theme it was pretty it's pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like many parts of that game. My favorite mechanic is the uh, the hand of cards for the other characters where you like can play their weaknesses on them, like have the guy who has an alcoholism problem go into the bar. Um, yeah, definitely took too long to play. That was my big problem with it. I think the, the one time I played a full game, it was like five hours. How many players was that? Uh, it was probably three or four, so that definitely contributed. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we played, uh, me and my uh, buddy Elijah, just the two of us. And I want to say it took us only a couple hours to do it. Oh, okay, that's that's not bad at all. Yeah, it, it really it went by pretty quick. But like a, I, we were talking afterwards, and I was pretty sure after uh, adding a couple more people, it would really ramp up that time. Oh, absolutely. So, what about you, Mike? What have you been up to? Oh my gosh! So uh, Peter was at Origins, and he'll probably talk about that on a future podcast. And besides uh, checking out the games there, he was uh, talking to three of our publishers for all three of our upcoming games were there. But in advance of that, Peter and I have been working every night until midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., uh, just fixing some stuff in our uh, our current game that we're uh, focusing our work on, which is a a bit of a dungeon crawler itself, although with a very different theme. Um, so that's been the majority of what I've been playing my own game, which is not always the case. Um, and it, it went great. The publishers are all really happy. The ones who played that game loved it. We're about a third of the way through, and this is by far our biggest game ever. Like it's got a huge narrative component. I've written probably already, uh, 
15 pages of narrative text with choices and different outcomes and that kind of stuff, which is, you know, I'm a writer and an English teacher, but it's still not my normal thing for game design, so it's very different for me. Peter's been doing awesome stuff with uh, this uh, spaceship component that we added that's amazing. Um, so yeah, it, it's been very busy, but it's it's going very well, so I'm really excited about that. Every time you mention this, I get so excited to just hear, want to hear more. So just dingling that that carrot in front of us. <laughs> I mean, once once we uh, once we have like at least part of the game in a good place, we'll try to get you and Colin a copy so you can try it out and talk about it. Sure, love to. Um, besides that, I did get a chance to play The Mind with my wife. Peter oh. and I re- reviewed The Mind recently, and again, this is the unofficial copy. Although Peter did get at least one copy at uh, Origins. And yeah, I mean, it continues to be a hit with everyone I play it with. Um, I really like the two-player game. It's a little bit easier. You get to just sync up with one person. And uh, my wife, she's already a fan of Hanabi. As we said in our review, the mind and Hanabi are fairly similar, so it was uh, definitely a slam dunk for her. She wants to play it more. Yeah, ever since your episode, I've been chomping at the bit to uh, try this game. It seems... It seems weird. When I hear it described, it doesn't sound like it works or would even be fun. But hearing you guys talk about it, just I it bypasses all those reservations I have. I just want to try this out so bad. So hopefully I can try it at Gen Con or, or some, some, even sooner if I get lucky. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this in the review, but I actively thought this would be a terrible game when I heard about it. Which is, I guess, you know, it's going to be something it has to overcome that people just kind of think it sounds stupid when they hear the concept. But it's it's a great experience. And then uh, the only other thing, I I wasn't on a podcast talking about what I played as recently as you, so (laughs) I have a bit more. Um, A cool event that I've never done before, I took my five-year-old to my friendly local game store for about three hours of just nonstop playing of cooperative board games, and he was excited to do it, and he's excited to go back. Oh, that's amazing. Actually, it's it hilarious. wasn't it wasn't all cooperative. We started with King of New York because he's a fan of King of Tokyo and and he he liked eating the buildings in New York, which was the big major addition. <laughs> I liked it too. I th- I think I prefer King of New York to uh to the original. But then we played Flip Ships, which, you know, go back to our review. I'm not a fan of dexterity usually, but Harrison loves it. And we played this deductive science-themed game. I can't remember the name, but it was pretty fun. And uh, I think we might have played... I have like sort of a cooperative variant with uh, Flick 'em Up, where we all just like play the cowboys and just try to defeat the, the bandits. I would love to hear that variant from you. So, cause I, well, <laughs> variant is a little bit generous. It's just... Uh, <laughs> I set up bad guys and we take turns flicking at them because it's a five-year-old and he doesn't really care, so he's happy. That's a good point. Actually, that's a brilliant idea. I have a three-year-old and I'm not sure he could flick very well, but he would just love trying that out. So that's a great idea. Well, don't forget there is a flick him up Dead of Winter, which is has at least some scenarios that are fully cooperative. Um, although it does have like this dice tower, zombie tower thing. So like you got AI rules to deal with, but... Yeah, that, that's that's another one you could try out. With that said, let's move on to the Sword and Sorcery and Gloomhaven showdown. So for this, we're just going to uh, mention one of the topics we have and just give us give you guys our honest opinions between the two games. So, so to the big event, Gloomhaven versus Sword and Sorcery, both uh, successful. I don't think Sword and Sorcery is as successful, but both successful dungeon crawlers from uh, from last year. And, uh, yeah, I, I kickstarted both of them and I've played a lot of both of them. Are you in the same camp, Steve? I did not kickstart Gloomhaven due to, well, <laughs> funds at the time. Cause it was the worst time for Kickstarter for me because seven, the content came out, the sword Sorcery came out and Gloomhaven came out. I'm like, oh my gosh, if Andy's were at different times, I would back them all. And I had to, I had to be uh, diligent on which one I was able to back. And I, I think the fact that I, was hoping Seventh Continent would be available later and Gloomhaven would be available later and Sword and Sorcery had some exclusive stuff. I was like, well, let's go with this one. And and there was a few factors which I'll I'll save for the discussion that made me um thinking I might like uh, Sword and Sorcery. 
Well, and that all worked out well for you because Seventh Continent and Gloomhaven both had later Kickstarters where you could get all the stuff you missed. So, yep, nice job. Exactly. <laughs> Looked out. <laughs> so, our first uh, sort of topic of discussion is the setup and teardown time. So, uh, Steve, why don't you start off with which of the games you think wins this and why? Okay, this is going to be a little bit of. My honest opinion is I think both these games are horrible with setup and teardown. <laughs> so I don't think I don't think this is a positive category for either game. One thing I wish these dungeon crawl type games would do bet- better is prepare things in advance. And what I mean by that is if you're going to reveal a room or reveal content or add new monsters or new events, whatever it is, mention that someplace in the setup. And just say, hey, you know what? Put this stuff to the side. You won't need it right now. Because the one thing I hate the most is while I, I set up the game and I get to that point where I need to add or change things around, I don't want to go back to the box and break the rhythm of the game when I go back and grab grab these components and add them out. I don't know if Gloomhaven has that. I hadn't, haven't seen it. But um, Sword and Sorcery, at least in the later uh, scenarios, did this. Where they said, okay, take these six tiles, some to the side, and I, I like that part of it. But honestly, when setting up all the cards, all the map tiles, all the miniatures, all the pieces for sword and sorcery, it's not, not fun. So, um, same with Gloomhaven. Whenever either of these games get played, um, whoever owns it, we always try to set up so that they have the game set up in advance, so we get there and we're just ready to go. But um, I would give a slight nod towards sword and sorcery for that one factor. Um, what about you, Mike? I'm definitely... I think I agree with you that these are both really rough. As I said in the Gloomhaven review we did a while back, I have a ton of little cheats and like kind of concessions I make in how I use the components for Gloomhaven just to make setup faster. Even with that said, I still think Sword and Sorcery wins here. And I would say it actually wins more than you kind of gave it credit for. Because because Gloomhaven has so many different types of monsters and so many different types of tokens it drastically increases the setup time for me. Whereas Sword and Sorcery, in a given scenario, you tend to have a small variety of the different monsters. So it's uh, I, I find it not too bad to set up. Um, and also, Sword and Sorcery, I think, has a better numbering system for their tiles. So I have a much easier time finding the tiles I need. Whereas Gloomhaven, like, they're all very similar. They all have very similar color palettes. And I find it harder to set it up. So I, I would, even even though I'm I'm on the Gloomhaven side in this debate, theoretically, I would definitely give the nod to Sword and Sorcery. Yeah, that's a great point. I forgot about the numbering system. I, I'm not sure why Gloomhaven went that route, but um, that definitely makes it more difficult to find what you need. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got my own system, like with these accordion folders and how all my tiles are divided, and it's still a hassle. <laughs> cool. Right, so what's our next category, Steve? So the next category we'll discuss is theme and story. So why don't you start this one off, Mike? Yeah, let's take turns. Um, this one is interesting. I think both games have some pretty major issues with their narrative and theme and story. And it's interesting that I'm making a, a dungeon crawler with a like running theme and story right now because I'm not sure my game doesn't have... Our game, I should say, Peter and me. I'm not sure our game doesn't have the exact same issues. It probably does. So gloomhaven has it's a lot like the problem with uh a open world rpg like skyrim or fallout in that there are a lot of side quests to go on and a lot of different paths to go down which weakens the central narrative and as we said in our review makes up me forget sometimes what the heck is even going on and what i'm even trying to accomplish that being said, it does also give a better picture of an expansive world and gives you a better feel for the setting you're playing in. Sword and Sorcery is much, much, much more focused. You only have, uh, you know, five or six quests in each act. Um, so it's really, really straightforward. But Sword and Sorcery has very different issues, but also problematic. It's much more straightforward. There's only like six missions per act, so you're not having all these side quests and things. Sword and Sorcery, I never felt invested in my characters as people because of this kind of, I find somewhat odd choice that were resurrected heroes. 
Whereas Gloomhaven, like, I'm a mercenary, and it's not like my character is, like, some well-developed thing, but at least I kind of get my motivation right away and, like, understand where I'm coming from. The heroism is like, okay, here we are. Plop. Go do some stuff. I don't know why you care. Um, but the big problem with Sword and Sorcery for me, and this is one that I, I've heard different opinions on, I really don't like the tongue-in-cheek humor, and I really don't like the references they throw in. So uh, very early on, I think it's in the second mission, you fight a uh, bandit leader who's basically, in many ways, Captain Jack Sparrow from uh, you know the Pirates of the Caribbean, or Caribbean, however you say it, uh, series. And it's like these really, I, I think, kind of corny jokes that fall very flat for me. And Gremlin Games, uh, who make this with uh, Ares, they, uh, they kind of did the same sort of thing in Galaxy Defenders, where they had like extra characters who were like Neo and, and Trinity from The Matrix and like Ed 209 from Robocop. And I think it's a, first of all, it takes me out of the immersion in the game. Second of all, I think it's a bad choice to put in dated cultural references because, you know, I go back to play this game in a couple of years and I'm like, what? I don't care about Pirates. I mean, I already don't care about Pirates of the Caribbean, but I, I definitely won't care in, in a while. And, you know, like an 80s throwback, like a RoboCop reference is like, I mean, I love RoboCop. Don't get me wrong, but I don't need that in my in my board game. So I don't know. For, for me... For me, I'd give the edge to Gloomhaven. Even though I lose track of the story, I still think it's a more cohesive world and they don't have like these silly jokes kind of taking me out of it. How about you, Steve? So I'm going to actually agree with a lot of what you said and I'll add a little bit to it as well. So with the jokes, um, I completely agree. Um, I don't think it's bothered me as much, but it doesn't do anything to add add my enjoyment to the story. Like Those jokes should be funny, but it just... I don't know. It's like, oh, okay. That's I know what they're trying to do. That's cute. Whatever. I'm going to just ignore it and move on. It doesn't really contribute to what what I want in this experience. Um, the st- story is more. I feel it's more focused in Sword and Sorcery, like you said. I feel like it's easier to follow along, but at the same time, I completely agree with you. You don't have that big world feeling that you have in Gloomhaven as much. Um, I will say that um, when going to the the inn or going into town, I like that experience quite a bit in Sword and Sorcery. I feel like, especially with the new buildings they added and one of the expansions, it felt like there was uh, a, a town I could kind of explore in that sense, even though it's literally just cards. There's not a whole lot you can do, but that little bit they added really helped build that up for me. Oh, with all that said, the other topic I wanted to mention when theme and story, it comes down to the actual fantasy setting. Um, a knock against Sword and Sorcery is the fantasy setting is very generic. Yeah, definitely. You have your, you have your standard wizard, your your berserkers. Um, there's, I mean, you've seen these tropes everywhere. This is nothing new. As opposed to Gloomhaven, while the tropes, they you can kind of see where some of these styles were coming from. You can say, oh, yeah, this this is kind of the brute character. But how they build around that, it's a lot more different and nuanced. And that, to me, um, alone will give the nod to Gloomhaven when talking about theme and story. Despite the fact that I, I think the story is more focused, the uh, the world building and the unique spin on the, the fantasy setting, um, for me, uh, I'll give the nod to uh, Gloomhaven. That's a great point. So our next category is going to be the persistence of the game experience, like how the campaign carries over, how your characters progress over the course of the campaign, and kind of the, not legacy aspect necessarily, because not both games are legacy games, but the, the, the building kind of feeling of the game over the course of a whole campaign. So Steve, why don't you start us off? So first thing I'll mention is the rate at which you progress through the game. Um, so in sorcery, you progress much quicker. I mean, what I mean by this, I mean you level up and you gain um, new abilities and items. I feel quicker than Gloomhaven, and I think this is kind of set in the game length anyway. Because an act, like you were saying earlier, Mike, um, is kind of six games as opposed to um, well, six games for one act, and probably no like six or so games for the other act. So like a full a full campaign in in Sword and Sorcery, ignoring any side quests you might do, might be like 12 games. As opposed to something like Gloomhaven, which is 98 
whatever games it is, <laughs> whatever insane number you have, you have a lot longer that you need to spread out that that character development. Um, it's both good and bad. I mean, the the bad thing is you obviously don't get to see new stuff as often. But the good thing is I feel like you build that attachment to that game because of how much time and investment you're, you're, you're spending into developing your character. So how can you develop your character in this game? You have items in both games, right? So you get some cool items and gear for your, your character. You have uh, power cards in Sword and Sorcery. And you kind of have this, I guess, well, you have a hand of cards in Gloomhaven. And those, you can choose what cards you want to, how you want to level those cards in your hand there too. So that's, I don't know, not really the same same mechanic mechanically, but at least conceptually it's the same concept there. The other things you have in Sword and Sorcery, you have your stats that get modified. So your number of actions you can take in in the round um, will will vary. And then for Gloomhaven, in addition to that, you also have your, your attack deck, which you can uh, tweak your... Um, well, basically the odds of a hitting and other special features. So so that's kind of like lays out how, how you level up. So which game are you giving the nod there, Steve? So one thing that I quite liked about Gloomhaven was the attack modifier deck. I, I think I like all the items. I like all the levels. I, I do like how the levels work in Sword and Sorcery, but the attack modifier deck, I've seen... Um, in other games to an extent, but not implemented the same way as, as it's in the Gloomhaven. And the fact that you can adjust how your character will react to that deck is a brilliant, brilliant system. And I think by that alone, I have to give the tilt to Gloomhaven because that's, that makes it really fun. Yeah. So I'll just add a few things, um, for both games. I think Sword and Sorcery has much more interesting items by and large. Because they control the actual attacks that you make. They control the special abilities you have. In a way, the items in Sword and Sorcery, in many cases, are more similar to the cards in Gloomhaven. Because they control what like attacks you truly do. Although the abilities kind of edge into there too. Um, I find Gloomhaven's items generally underwhelming. They're still like interesting and they still have a major effect on the game. But... I do like, you know, going back to my Dungeons and Dragons background, I like to get awesome swag that greatly changes my game. And in Gloomhaven, I don't feel that from the items. I feel that more from the ability cards. And I also don't love the attack deck. I generally prefer to roll dice instead of drawing cards for randomization. Now, I think it's an incredibly clever mechanic. I think it works really well to give very small, gradual upgrades to your probability Instead of like giving you an entire other die, which would have a much like wider effect on how well you do and stuff. But yeah, I, I do feel like Sword and Sorcery has a lot of kind of things going for it. Also, we didn't mention, but in Gloomhaven, you're usually getting a new character every 15 to 20 or so scenarios. Which is a good thing in that you get to have that experience again and again, but could be a bad thing in that you don't actually have the full attachment you have or sword and sorcery you're you're with the same person all the way through so yeah i might actually we might both reverse ourselves i might go with sword and sorcery here a little bit more although like for the overall campaign i think gloomhaven has a lot more going on it's a lot more interesting there's actually something i forgot to mention in theme i think gloomhaven does the moral choices much better because when I have moral choices in Gloomhaven, I actually feel like it's a hard choice. Like, do I let this person have control of the town or do I let that person? And there's there's reasons to let either of them. Whereas Sword and Sorcery does the thing that's common in a lot of fantasy role-playing games, like video games, where it's like absolute evil or absolute good in a lot of the choices. And... And actually, in the mechanics, you're forced to go one way or the other, so it's not at all an interesting choice. Although it does give it, you know, we'll get to this later, but it does give it a little more replayability. So, but yeah, I'd go with Sword and Sorcery. The one knock I'll give it, though, is um, I do find that the character abilities in Sword and Sorcery are not balanced well, and it's usually pretty obvious to me which ones I should choose. I've had a harder time choosing which of the two upgrades to pick for Gloomhaven whenever my character levels up. 
But overall, I'd, I'd give the nod to Sword and Sorcery for character progression, at least. It's interesting about the uh, moral decisions. Um, I I read that in the rule book about the... I, I can't think of the name of it. Soulstorm, I think is the name of the rule um, in the rule book. That basically says, whatever your alignment is, choose that for the for your, when you come to those moral decisions. And I've honestly never played that. We just... <laughs> We just role play our characters and like, okay, what would my character do in that game? And we we ignore what the actual alignment is and just go off that. Sometimes it matches, sometimes it doesn't. And I find that to be much more interesting and fun. So. Sure, and, then, and to be fair, that is a variant like right in that section of the rule book. So you're not you're not breaking yeah. a rule there. You're good. <laughs> cool. Okay, and let's move on to the next category, which is AI. Oh, this is a complicated one. Mm-hmm. So. For those who don't know, every enemy type in Gloomhaven has their own AI deck. Now, archers will share like the same archer deck. It's not like every archer has their own deck, but you have a wide variety of effects. So they might attack and not move. They might attack twice. They might like spawn more minions. They might do a whole bunch of stuff. So lots of variety in Gloomhaven, lots of unpredictability. But you also have to shuffle all these decks. Gloomhaven AI should be simple. And Peter and I have talked about this. For some reason, a few of the rules lead to these incredibly contentious discussions and like crazily detailed flowcharts on uh, BoardGameGeek. So what should be a simple AI does not work out that simply. Sword and Sorcery is a evolution, if you will, I'm not sure if I would call it that, of the Galaxy Defenders AI, where based on how far you are from the enemy and whether they have line of sight to you or not, the enemy will do some very specific things that are very well spelled out. It's hard to say which one I would prefer here. I think Sword and Sorcery has generally the more intricate AI, but it has less variety because, you know, Gloomhaven, you get to draw the card. But the AI in Sword and Sorcery gives you more tactical control because you can actually influence the enemies to do what you want them to do. I will note that I'm a fan of Galaxy Defenders, and I actually think this is worse in Sword and Sorcery and Galaxy Defenders. Not because of the AI itself, but because Galaxy Defenders is a hex-based game, and Sword and Sorcery is area-based movement. And there's often not a lot you can do, like the enemies are going to attack you no matter what. It's hard to get like far away from them. Whereas Galaxy Defenders, you could like hide behind mountains and move like certain number of hexes to make things happen. So I feel I felt more clever in Galaxy Defender when I manipulated the AI. I don't feel that as much in Sword and Sorcery. Gloomhaven has the unpredictability going for you, which again is less tactical but could be more exciting. Um it does have a lot of variety because there's so many different cards, perhaps more than Sword and Sorcery, although again a lot of them are very boring. It's like move and attack whereas uh, Sword and Sorcery has like special abilities and things for each one. So yeah, hmm. I, I, I'd go with Sword and Sorcery overall. I think there's greater clarity in the AI in Sword and Sorcery and a nice amount of variety while still giving you tactical control. I actually prefer that over the more random AI in Gloomhaven. Yeah, and for me, this this is a no contest. Um, the clear winner for me is going to be Sword and Sorcery. This The AI was one of the reasons, the major reasons why I backed the game. Um, I'm a sucker for clever AIs in my co-op games, and this is definitely one of the tops, if not one, the top um, AIs I've experienced in a board game. And uh, so, I mean, looking back at Gloomhaven, what I did like about Gloomhaven is the fact that you use the deck of cards. You don't know what's coming up, so it adds a little bit of unpredictability, which can make it kind of interesting, but... Uh, when I'm playing Sword and Sorcery, we have that chart of of at this range and in these conditions, they're going to attack the, these people. It's much more um, strategic or tactical on how, how you want to approach these enemies. And you can you can get them to do kind of what you want or find, find the best ways of approaching each enemy. The other thing that kind of throws a wrench in your, in your plans a little bit is the fact that the AI often gets these enemy powers. And so these enemy, there's a deck of cards of enemy powers and they get attached to different characters. In fact, the AI in the game can actually level up. If they take out a hero, they'll get one of these enemy AI cards that become more powerful. And they, So they'll take the common powerless you have on the enemies and put a little twist to it. 
So why I like that, it makes it really juicy. There's a lot to consume there. Um, it makes it a little difficult sometimes to execute because now you have a couple places to look at this information. You have it looking at the the combination of the enemy spawn card and the enemy power. And then you also have this AI logic chart, basically, how it works. But despite that added um, mental load to to discern how to evaluate the AI movements and, and choices, um, I've had a lot of lot of fun with that, especially with like bosses. If you've played basically any video game, really, you have you've come to the boss battle, and each boss has a certain method of attacking, a certain weakness. I've completely felt that same feeling, that same concept when I'm playing Sword and Sorcery, which is honestly what I think it's modeled after. I I feel like when they designed that game, they took you know your classic video game fantasy rpg and they wanted to make that into a board game and uh, i mean it kind of shows here in this but yeah for me hands down ai by far um so and sorcery yeah no I, I, I disagree with you in that one so let's move on to the next topic and that's going to be uh replayability and so this one's going to be kind of a tricky one to talk about because i'm not sure how many people actually replay <laughs> the campaign in gloomhaven and i'm not sure how many people you... go through either of these games right exactly i, mean, I, I, so... I have not finished either one to be honest i've played through uh, about half of each <laughs> there's so um, much content in both these games yeah <laughs> so. so i i would i would give the nod to sword and sorcery here um Gloomhaven, you're going to have the exact same monsters in the exact same positions every time you play a scenario. Now, one thing Gloomhaven does have in its favor is that you have these big decision points in the campaign where you will play a completely different scenario, sometimes on a different side and facing different people. So that is great. And Sword and Sorcery only has that once, like a split in missions in uh, at least the first act. Within a given mission... I will have the enemies come out at different times. I will have the event cards come out in a different order. I will have different enemy power cards powering up the enemies. I will get different items. I think all of that does give more replayability to Sword and Sorcery. So I've played Gloomhaven. I have a solo game and a three-player game with Peter and Jerry. And replaying through missions i'd already played felt like a little bit of a drag sometimes i was like i know everything this has to offer and there's not that much to go on sword and sorcery i think i've played through all of act one three or four times and it i did not get that same feeling so again i'm on the gloomhaven side overall but replayability i gotta give a little bit of a nod to sword and sorcery just because within individual scenarios they have more differentiation from play to play yeah, and I think I'm going to agree with you as well. I'll give the nod to replayability to Sword and Sorcery. But I will mention a couple topics I didn't bring up. Um, one being the ability to create a random dungeon in Gloomhaven. Um, that's something that Sword and Sorcery does not have. And I think that's incredibly clever. While it might not be that interesting and there might not be a big need for that because, I mean, heck, you've got 98 missions to go through so there's really no need to do a random dungeon but the fact that it's there and you can really pull anyone in regardless if they're in your campaign or not into this this world is pretty fun uh, but for the same reasons you said um, it's pretty easy to jump into any scenario in, in sword and sorcery they have rules and how to skip to whatever scenario you wanted you to one off or however you, however you want to do it um, and like you said, the events came out different. Enemies are different. There is a online resource to create your own um, campaigns in Sword and Sorcery. So that has the potential of being um, very replayable. I have not seen many people creating their own campaigns yet. And I suspect, at least this is true for me, um, that a lot of people are waiting to get through all the content that's out there now, which is, like we said, a feed in itself before going and creating their own content. So um, I will give the, I'll give the nod to Sword and Sorcery for here as well, but I think they're, um, they're both a pretty, pretty good replayability. You, if you buy either of these games, you won't, won't be struggling with um, not having enough to do in either game. Right. So our next category we're going to discuss is a pretty important one because both of these are dungeon crawlers. And that is how the tactical combat system works and which one is more interesting. So Steve, take it away. Okay. So, this kind of ties into something you mentioned earlier, 
sword and sorcery is area based so you have like an a, a area of control that factors in that's pretty interesting i like it but i much prefer hex based combat when it comes to tactical combat so given between the two choices uh, i'm going to give a slight nod and that that for that factor to gloomhaven now we'll talk about things to do in the game um the powers on the gloomhaven cards those are pretty interesting and in how what you can do to make that work and i feel like you have to learn your character and what powers they have and how to interact with the party that's a uh, kind of a I don't know, a game in and of itself. And so on Sorcery, I didn't necessarily feel the same way with the powers and how, how to interact. I mean, right now, we've leveled our characters up pretty far, and I, I know how he's going to approach things and how he built his character and how I've built my character. So you still have a little bit of that, but it's, it's not to the same extent, I would say. Now, when it comes to choices, this gets this gets a little weird. So Gloomhaven has a has a very interesting mechanic where you need to lose cards. So as you progress the game, you have to make a difficult decision which cards do you won't have through the rest of that specific scenario. In Sword and Sorcery, you don't have that because you have um, uh, the called cooldown timers, where basically once you use the power and ability, you generally have to wait uh, a number of rounds before it comes back and you can reuse it again. I tend to like being able to reuse my powers a bit more often. So it's, uh, it comes, it comes down to like, I've built this character. I've worked my way to getting this cool power and ability. I want to use it. And the fact that I have to lose it in Gloomhaven, while it's interesting mechanically, not something I necessarily prefer. So I do like being able to feel powerful. In sword and sorcery and i definitely have that feeling though i think the powers in gloomhaven may feel a little more powerful overall than sword and sorcery but the fact you can reuse your powers over and over again in in sword and sorcery it might might offset that a little bit but that game this is kind of my time to the tactical combat a little bit but the fact that i can really strategize what we need to do where we need to be to take out each of these enemies i felt that I felt like it was more, I don't know, more planning necessary in Sword and Sorcery than Gloomhaven for whatever reason. So I'm going to give, despite the fact it's hex combat, I might give the tactical combat nod to Sword and Sorcery. What about you, Mike? I agree with a lot of what you said. I do think that mechanically Gloomhaven is genius, and I love that puzzle of figuring out how to pair my cards up and whether to use the top or the bottom effect on them and all of that. I think Sword and Sorcery is a much better distillation of like the Dungeons and Dragons RPG experience where you have these cool abilities, but you have some limitation on how often you can use them or, you know, kind of World of Warcraft as well, like in any of those kind of games. So I, I don't disagree with you on any of that. For me, the mechanical genius and the the much more interesting choice of Gloomhaven wins out over the streamlined and consistency of sword and sorcery in gloomhaven i have to think every turn in sword and sorcery it's often obvious like you know you, you kind of say it, it is a lot like world of warcraft and other mmorpgs like you have a script you follow it's like move one flame blast now i use ice blast Use this attack until they both, you know, uncool down. Flame blast, ice blast, this attack. You know, like you have like an order of how you're going to use your stuff for the cooldowns. Um, I agree you can plan more in sword and sorcery, as we said, with the AI. But even with that being said, I think I have to actually choose and strategize and discuss with the players in my group more often in Gloomhaven. I'll also say that I appreciate that the powers are consistent in Gloomhaven. I think you had even mentioned this in, in a previous podcast. Maybe I'm wrong. But like, you know, you know you're going to poison a guy. You know you're going to move a guy. You know you're going to hit two guys. Sword and Sorcery is more dynamic with the dice. And like I said, I generally prefer dice-based combats. But it can be a little frustrating when you use like your awesome attack, but you don't roll the special thing that makes it an area of effect attack because almost everything in Sword and Sorcery is based on all these uh, little uh, custom dice symbols. Um... Or when you like totally whiff an attack. I mean, you can totally whiff an attack in Gloomhaven too, but at least the like the status effect things tend to happen consistently. So I think that does give it more tactical planning. Not saying it's 
it's not good to have like the randomness as well in sword and sorcery but if we're talking about tactics i have to give it to gloomhaven because i think more and i make more choices yeah that's interesting the status effects i think that's something that both these games do well the area effect like you said may or may not be triggered but a lot of the poison fire um, slowdown effects whatever they are in those both of teams they are guaranteed to happen independent of your your flip of your attack card or the roll of the dice and i wish more games would do that where the luck component is is nice to have because honestly in my opinion it makes games interesting but i don't want to have luck be the only deciding factor on what happens in my games and the fact that i know that hey I may not get all my damage coming through, but I know I'll be able to do this small effect at least on this character as guaranteed. And that's what I think both these games do ex- excellent job with. All right, what's our next one, Steve? Next one is Scenario Variety. So go ahead and take this one, Mike. So you've played more of Sword and Sorcery. I have not played Arcane Portal or Act 2 yet. So please feel free to correct me on this. But... Even though Gloomhaven does get fairly samey at times, I do feel like it has more variety in what you're doing a lot of the time. And what really feeds into this is not just the core game, but Isaac's done these mini campaigns for like the Kickstarters. And I've mentioned this before, but they have like crazy stuff going on, like where you're trying to cook while defending these kobolds or like doing a ritual dance, or you're in a tavern brawl. Or uh, there's one, and there are like things like that in the main game. There's one scenario I played where you're like in the middle of a giant melee and like everyone is fighting everyone. You're just trying to get past them. Sword and Sorcery has more story variety and more like narrative variety in like events that happen during the scenario. But at least in Act 1, it feels like pretty much every scenario is move across the board to get this key or move across the board to reach this room, fight bigger boss that is stronger than everybody else in that dungeon, rinse and repeat. So I do feel like, at least in the the part of Sword and Sorcery I've played, that while Gloomhaven is samey, Sword and Sorcery is more samey than Gloomhaven. Yeah, this is a tough one to evaluate. Um, I will agree with you that the Act 1 in Sword and Sorcery, it does have, it does have a good amount of variety. It's not 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 as much as I would want. The Arcane Portal side quest really started fixing that for me, honestly. Oh, good, good. Okay. Yeah, That's like there's um without trying to spoil much of anything, um the fact that you battle in this dream world at one point in your thoughts was kind of a cool spin on things. I won't get into much on what that means in the game, um and and the some of the effects do carry over at one point the uh, a town is on fire and depending on what you do in that it will affect how you can shop after <laughs> that that town event so that was that's pretty cool there's ah. some interesting things that happened later on so i'm curious when i get to act two <laughs> um should be soon i've only got a few more uh, missions left um if they continue that or maybe these additional side quests which i assume they develop later improved on that um, yeah so yeah. that said i do feel like these are Games are fairly similar with how how the uh, variety of the scenarios goes. Um, this is one of those things that I think most dungeon crawls kind of suffer from that, where you feel like you're kind of doing the same thing over and over again, getting to that end end goal. I'm not sure how I would how would I would rate these because I think when it comes down to mechanics, I think mechanically the scenario variety might be better in Gloomhaven, but from a a narrative um, thematic emergence standpoint i think the variety might be better in sword and sorcery because you're still kind of moving towards the end of the map but how they change the the map the world and how things interact and you have these different um puzzles you have to solve in the game a little bit they're not hard to do they're just just something that's happening in the game they they both do that but it depends if you really want that part of the theme or if you want part of the more more on the mechanic side you can adjust the the creatures you have in the game pretty easily but you can do that also in swan sorcery we can substitute whatever you want and there's a whole like level mechanic in there i don't know you can can really change things up in both games oh but i i I think 
I think that Sword and Sorcery makes that more official and easy. Like, I haven't seen an official way to change out monsters in Gloomhaven. But you're right that Sword and Sorcery, like, literally has it on the cards and writes it right. in the rule book. So I, I, I would give the nod to Sword and Sorcery in terms of changing up a scenario. Yeah, that's what I'm going to have to lean that way, too. It's a it's a t- tough one. So the I don't know if either of them are particularly great at this, but I would, I would probably say Sword and Sorcery just for that purpose. Because, I, I mean, I could change this. I could play the same scenario. And if you happen to have, for example, Galaxy Defender figures, you can literally throw aliens in there and fight aliens just because you feel like it. And it would work out okay. So, obviously, you would have a thematic break in the story because as you're reading the storybook, it'll say, oh, yeah, and then these ghouls pop up and instead you have aliens popping up. But that's that's your choice. So, <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, let's get s- switch over to art and components. Yes, yeah, so this is our second to last one. This one's interesting. As you said, I think the theme of the world is more unique in Gloomhaven. So I really love the character portraits. And if you have the miniatures, which I do because I did the second Kickstarter and that was like the only way you could get it. I think the miniatures are really great and evocative for Gloomhaven, for your characters. I don't mind standees, but they're a little hard to deal with. They don't look that amazing on the board. I find the tiles very underwhelming for Gloomhaven. I mean, they have to serve a ton of purposes in a ton of scenarios, so I get it, but they don't have like much to distinguish them. They're just kind of like floors. Um, so Sword and Sorcery has beautiful tiles that are very unique and actually like fit together in an interesting way for many scenarios. They have full miniatures for everybody and they're nice, large, chunky scenarios that, I mean, nice, large, chunky miniatures that are very attractive. I wouldn't say that they're automatically better than the Gloomhaven character miniatures, but again, it's also for the enemies. Other stuff like cards, I haven't noticed either game being way better. So I'd have to say Sword and Sorcery for the full miniature treatment and for the unique tiles especially. Definitely gets me into the the theme more, although I do prefer Gloomhaven's beautiful character portraits and uh, miniatures. I feel like I really get the characters for Gloomhaven. Just not the actual dungeon setting and not the monsters as yep. much. And I think I'm gonna agree with you on that. I'll get the nod to Sword and Sorcery for a lot of what you said. I will make a couple of other points though. The the fact that the miniatures in Sword and Sorcery they're all different was something I didn't expect. And what I mean by that is what they did is they have different combinations of arms and legs. Um and it's the same arm, but they put it on different models, and so each model overall based upon the colors are all going to be different like the the big red bad skeleton might be carrying two swords for example while his minion of the same type might be carrying one sword or maybe he only has a shield or something so that's completely well i wouldn't say it's completely unnecessary because you do need to distinguish between models of the same color but i feel like you could do that a lot easier ways than doing a, a different model and i i appreciate that but like you said before mike the the theme that Gloomy even has it's so unique um i much prefer that over the just standard you know cookie cutter uh, uh theme that sword and sorcery has one thing i'll mention when it comes to artwork is i think what would make gloomhaven amazing but i understand why they didn't do that is if the power cards actually had like some version of the image of what you're doing in that game that oh, would just man. yeah that, i don't know how that would be amazing suck me into that game so much being like okay here's a fireball and i have a picture of the character doing the fireball action but the fact that you need to put so much content in that box to make it clear to understand and read i completely understand why that's not there and i'm not gonna it's not a knock against it just something that for a art and component that would just put gloom even over the top for me but um that said i will give the nod to uh sword and sorcery for art and components all right so our final topic in the debate is the value and the content you get so i think both of these when i kickstarted them were similar ish cost i feel like i paid about 120 130 140 for each of them no i did not go for the dragon expansion for sword and sorcery so i could have certainly spent a lot more Whereas Gloomhaven, I got all of like the gameplay content I could have gotten. 
So I think Sword and Sorcery comes out a little bit ahead and could be a lot ahead if you get like everything that's out. But you could also argue that you get several expansions with uh, Sword and Sorcery, whereas Gloomhaven's expansions are coming soon, but aren't actually out yet. Or not soon, but are in development. So that being said, <laughs> this one is easy. This is probably the easiest one. Gloomhaven costs less, has, <sighs> what is the multiple here? 99 scenarios versus, I guess, like, 17 or 18 if you got Arcane Portal and Dac 2. Um, yeah, so it's like five times as many scenarios. More characters. Not a ridiculous amount more characters to play, but I do think they're more unique yes. in Gloomhaven. Like, they each have their own entirely unique mechanic. Whereas, like, the spell slingers and sword and sorcery are similar to each other. Like, the druid is very different, but most of them, like, the, the knight and the dwarf aren't that different. You know, like, they, they kind of fill similar roles. You get so many more types of monsters. They're not always as differentiated as the monsters in uh, sword and sorcery, but you just get a crud ton of them. And then again, you're getting these free expansions, basically, like mini campaigns that Isaac's made that you need nothing extra for. Arcane Portal's an online thing that you can access, but you need the Arcane Portal tiles and the Arcane Portal cards and the Arcane Portal enemies. You can't just jump in and play it. So definitely uh, Gloomhaven has added a ton of free stuff even beyond their already... I mean, I, I've i said it before. I would have paid 200 probably $250 for Gloomhaven. The fact that they sold it for as cheaply as they did blows my mind so yeah i'm gonna agree with you here mike um when i said that the ai for someone's sorcery was like just no contest for me and that someone's sorcery was better for this category same thing no contest gloomhaven's could be better for value content i don't i don't know if there's much of a much of a question but i'll kind of read what you said for bang for your buck for amount of money you spend you will get a lot more content for the same price in gloomhaven so I mean, take what you want. Uh, if you're on a budget, I would probably lean people towards Gloomhaven over Sword and Sorcery for that reason. So, um, I don't have much more to add to that that you haven't already stated. So, so uh, in the end, I think everyone knows that I prefer Gloomhaven. I've already talked about that at length. How do you feel about the two yes, games? So you prefer Sword and Sorcery, right? So, to talk yep. about why. So, while Gloomhaven is the better game between the two of them, I think overall, I for me, I do appreciate sword sorcery more and the reason why it has more things that i want in a dungeon crawl uh a few things that i a few reasons why i wasn't so certain on gloomhaven at the onset of the when they first kickstarted was the uh player elimination um i'm never a fan of that in games and while it's really not that big of a deal in gloomhaven at all he does a he does a good job with it um, there's still a, t a period of time where you may be playing the game and at the end, and you may, may honestly be sitting around for a, a short period of time. So, but in, in Soul and Sorcery, if you are eliminated in that game, you become a ghost and some of the ghost powers you can do are actually can be fairly significant. So you can still affect the game. And in fact, in the scenario I'm playing now, I think a strategy is I actually want to become a ghost uh, just so I, I can work around some of these issues we're having with the enemies that are, are popping up now. And I won't get into the, the details strategy-wise because I, I don't want to spoil that for people. But that So that's pretty interesting. So that's one, one reason why um, I want Sword and Sorcery. The other was, I kind of mentioned earlier, if I have a if I work to building a power, I, I like being able to use that power. I don't want to have to lose it. But the downside is... It's much more interesting decision to make when you have to choose between these two cards, the top and bottom, and you have to figure out which one you need to lose. That is very interesting from a game um, game design system, and, and I I do enjoy it. I just don't prefer it. I guess that's where it comes down to uh, my preferences here. Um, and the other thing I mentioned is I'm a sucker for AI, and so that was the main selling point. Like, okay, interesting AI. Oh yeah, I, I need I need to try this game out. So. Those three things, the AI, lack of player elimination, the ability to really enjoy a hero that I've built without having to retire him and lose the powers I've I've acquired, was what made me kind of prefer Sword and Sorcery over Gloomhaven. 
Now, with that said, if you ask me to play either game, I would play either game in a heartbeat. <laughs> no question. They are both really, really fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely prefer Gloomhaven. Um, I can actually see myself trading Sword and Sorcery once I play through all the content I have. Gloomhaven, for whatever reason, I could see me playing through maybe one day the entire thing and then, like, saving it to play through with my son when he's older. It, like, feels a bit more like a lifestyle game, I guess. Um, for the negatives that it has as well, because it's just a time sink if I ever actually want to dig all the way into it. But, man, I love those components. I love, or not components. I love those mechanics. I love the unique theme. It's, it's, it is, as you said, I think definitely the better or more uniquely designed game, at least. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's anything like majorly wrong with Sword and Sorcery's design. But I think Gloomhaven is much more unique and more choice based, and that's kind of what I go for. And some of the uh, game design decisions in that game are not only unique, but they're just really clever too. Uh, one thing I want to point out is how the enemies are are handled in Gloomhaven, where you have this this giant, it's a pretty large card, and you can rotate the card to what level the enemies are, and has all the stats on like a a quarter of its cutout. So you can only see the stats that you're concerned about. The rest will cover it up. And then on the outside of that, you can put the wounds and the status effects of each monster on there. Because what it is, is there's a numbering system that goes around the outside. And the number corresponds to the standee on the board. And that whole, how that all fits together is incredibly streamlined and brilliant. And I love that in Gloomhaven. Yeah, although I always hate keeping track of like the life, the damage done on number six versus number four versus right. number three. Um, there are advantages to just having guys on the board, like miniatures, and hit points on their card, and you can see at a glance, like, who's That's who's true, where. that's true, yep. So, and like I said before, I love that it, that uh, hit deck a lot, and the powers and stuff you can choose in Gloomhaven are great, so, like I said, I can, I can gush about either of these games, they're both awesome, so, big fan. Yeah, if you're if if you're a fan of dungeon crawlers, pick either one up. Maybe Gloomhaven first, for my opinion. But I actually I would kind of agree with that. I think talking to the general public, if you don't know which one you want, I would. I think the average person would like Gloomhaven more. I think I'm one of those odd oddballs. If you haven't noticed in the podcast already, that that I <laughs> I tend to I I know what I like, and it may not coincide with the the public, but I'm I'm okay with that. So. <laughs> And that's going to wrap up our discussion of Sword and Sorcery in Gloomhaven. We were thinking about talking over the Origin topics, but with Peter actually being at Origins and Mike's voice starting to leave him, I think we're going to save that for another week. So you can look to us next week for that content. And I'm curious what you guys think of this format of a versus. Uh, This is something that Colin and I have mentioned earlier, how we're going to be doing a Lord of the Rings and Arkham LCG versus at some point. And... I think we may even pull in uh, Mike and Peter in that as well because they have a lot of experience with Arkham uh, too. So we'll see if we can get like a four-way uh, podcast going on here. It might be kind of a, kind of epic. Oh man, battle royale! I love it. That'd be amazing. So yeah, let us know what you think of this format because this is something that we've been kind of interested in doing a little bit more, and we think it might be kind of fun to a different spin on doing a deep dive in games. Um, it might not just be games as well. I have other topics like talking, the difference between tactics and strategy, and even certain mechanics of games. There's a lot we can do with it. So, with that said, uh, you can reach us at a number of places. You can reach us at uh, Twitter, at MVP Board Games, at Gmail, at MVP Board Games, at gmail.com, or you can do a one stop co op shop at gmail.com. And if you want to be part of our Slack, um, we all four of us are on Slack. And I want to say overall, um, at least one of us is pretty active at a time. And if you need an invite, you can email us uh, for invite or I'll put a link in the description of this podcast. If you have any other news or upcoming games you want us to discuss, feel free to throw that out there too. We're always interested in your thoughts and opinions. And uh, we'll join us next week when we have another podcast. I'm not sure who will be doing it, but I'm sure it'll be a good one. It might be Origins-focused, though, I'm, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah, so maybe, maybe we'll make Peter and Colin do all the work for that one. Yeah, and, and don't, don't forget, if you are listening before June 19th, 2018, then on June 19th, 2018, at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, uh, come check us out. How can people find the uh, the link for that, Steve? How will they find out where to yeah, go I'll for that? Yeah, I'll post that link in the podcast description below. Um, but if you need to find it, 
uh, go to One Stop Co-op Shop on YouTube, and it should be listed in the uh, in the uh, in his channel. And I'll probably put it on our Slack as well. So if you have me on that Slack, we'll pin it there. In fact, I think it's already pinned, so you should be able to find it. Yes, yeah, so please uh, come and join us. We'd love to talk to you. And if if you're listening to this after June nineteenth, it was amazing. <laughs> I'm pred- I'm predicting the future, and it was I the hope best. So. And for that, um, it's a pretty open Q and A. So if you're to ask us anything, it doesn't have to be board game related. It's fine. We're we're open. So that's it. That's going to wrap up episode thirty seven. Thanks for joining us. Bye bye, everybody. So what do you want to get into first, Steve? You wanna you wanna you wanna do the the big debate? Break friendships and crush spirits and souls. <laughs> Thank you.